Hey, welcome back to the Grace House Podcast. Brian Phillips with you here today. Remember our motto. I put it out there at a lot of the fronts of our all of our episodes. We are a band of brothers being trained by grace to conquer darkness and empower the world to live upright, to empower men to live upright. So I'm excited about the mission, the passion, the model, the culture, everything that we've been working on. And God really is opening some really cool doors for us and things continue to develop and get deeper and wider. It seems like everything just seems to be coming along well. So thanks for praying for us. Thanks for being engaged with us. Thanks for being an early adopter and getting in on this thing called Grace Ops. We want to actually take this to the nation. We want to help inspire men and connect them to a culture that's filled with camaraderie, the whole mindset of like a band of brothers doing life together so that we can actually be righteous men and help men overcome and do awesome things with their lives to really set them on the path that God called them to. I'm in the studio today with uh, Lowell Hulkhalter, and Lowell and I have actually known each other for 17 years. So a long time, Well, man. welcome to the episode today. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we want to talk about being trained by the grace of God today and, and taking the training of grace actually seriously. So we're going to look into uh, what we call the T212 culture here in a little bit, but uh, I want to Lowell to just take a moment and say hi. And uh, I've known you 17 years. We're kind of cut yeah. from the same cloth. We've done a lot of the same stuff and we kind of had a, like a six, seven, eight year period where we kind of were touch a few times, but we kind of lost the dark that, years, the dark years <laughs> of our friendship. <laughs> but now we're the, the, the enlightenment has happened. <laughs> yes, the doors have opened. Yeah, Lowell's actually here in my town. You just spoke at our church this morning, and I'm excited about everything you're doing. And I know Grace House is going to partner in a strong way. So, yeah. so yeah, just take a moment, introduce yourself, man. Tell us a little bit about who you are and your passions and what you're doing. So, like you said, Brian, we've. Uh, you know, we've known each other for a long time. I guess I never realized it. It had been 17 years, but, you know, we met on the journey uh, working with high school and middle school students. Really, when you look back at it, you know, taking students through this Grace Ops process, it really started with you back then, that whole desire to, to raise a culture. Um, then it was students, now men. But uh, my path... Uh, along with my wife Tammy, we've we ventured off. Um, you know, we started hearing so many different things in the schools, and you you remember how kids were, you know, they'd line up by the hundreds after a school assembly to talk to this man who they just met an hour ago. Oh yeah, pour their heart out. The yeah, dark, the, like the most intimate things about them. Like, exactly, and it always wild. perplexed yeah. me, and but yet felt I felt honored. Yeah. But we started hearing so many different things. It went from. Yeah, my mom and dad are broke up, or um, I did drugs, or you know, a kid bringing their pot pipe, and now, now the story started to get. Hey, um, my dad's selling me, or my uncle's selling me, and um, this is what's happening, and my boyfriend, you know, I've been raped several times, to where it really caused us to sit back and go, what, like, mm. what is happening? And how do we respond? And, you know, we we answered that question with action and said, you know, you, you can't you can't throw it out there. Like, how am I going to respond? And then when yeah. when the when the job looks tough, go, ooh, not for me. Somebody Sorry, else, I asked. somebody else will do that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and we've done that. Like mm. with human trafficking, we've done that just like we've done with all the other issues. We 
we compartmentalize it. We call it an issue. We call it a problem or a situation. And we do that as human beings so that we can like compartmentalize it and survive it. Deal with the pain of it, right? Yeah. Or the, or the mass, like the epidemic. The- exactly. And so we box it up, right? And we even put the pretty label on it. And then we're what that allows us to do is put it up on the shelf with all the other issues. And I'm throwing up air quotes um, and problems. <laughs> I see your air quotes. That's right. I match them. <laughs> and then once it's on that shelf, it allows us to point at and go, who's going to take care of that? Somebody needs to deal with that. Right. Whereas when we looked, we opened that box, we realized that it's the girl across the street. It's the girl in the neighborhood. It's the women at the strip clubs that are in my town. And once you see the faces, like you've got to respond. It, you, you have no choice. Right. And the only way to respond is actively. And so that's where we've been for the last uh, 10 years. And um, it's been quite a journey. And now I see where, where there's a natural overlap with with what Grace Ops is doing and has done and how that's going to help us yeah, so and go you, farther. And, and when I met you 17 years ago in that time frame, you, you, I remember back then you were telling me about lifeguard group and the passion, the dream you had and just the passion you had for it. And now it's like the thing you run in full time now. Yeah. You know, so you, you know, three years now you've been running full, full steam ahead in lifeguard group, which helps rescue girls from trafficking, right. And rebuild right. hope and, and, inspire them to dream again and yeah you know we have four simple i don't know whether to call them pillars or constitutions you know it's to respond rescue restore and to revive and you know the the respond piece is is that that action point like you don't have to do it right just do something right like you know people ask us all the time well you know if we see this if we see somebody that's in human trafficking or somebody that's molested, like, what do we do? Like, I don't, I'd love to have all the answers and say that we've got a booklet, right? but do something right? like respond. And I told our team, I told our board of directors, I said, we may not do everything right, but we are going to show up. Like we will show up. If a family calls their daughter's missing and they want our help, we're going to show up. Yeah. But you know what this reminds me a little, like I was in Israel in 2016 and one of the things I love about Israel is like every one of their citizens has to go through the military, including right. women. And there's one strategic reason that's important to all of Israel. It's because every now every citizen knows how to be vigilant. Mm. Every citizen knows like how they've been trained to see things that don't fit in. Mm-hmm. So if you're out in the market square you can pick up on the weird guy or you can yeah. pick up on this or that. So it doesn't mean that bad things don't happen in Israel There's or they're, that they're all like righteous and holy, but they're all trained. So like when I'm sitting out on the uh, the King Hotel, the, the King David Hotel, yeah, right on that beautiful balcony out there yeah. and I'm just enjoying Israel and like all the Isra- Israeli uh, troops are out there and they just got their guns or their uh, whatever kind of AR Strapped they have. Up. Well, no, they're just, and they just set them up next to tables where they're drinking yeah. their coffee. Like I felt yeah. safe, you know, but it's like, I feel like that we, we we lack that in this country. We lack the idea of like being vigilant. We, we, we are blind cause we're staring at our devices yeah. and we're walk we're walking around. Like, it's like, uh, not too long ago, my wife came out of Walmart. She saw some woman like pretty much abusing her child. Like it was really bad. 
So my wife actually parked in a way where that woman couldn't get out. Why my wife called the cops on this woman. Yeah. Like stuff like that, right? Like, and maybe that's extreme, but we've got to have like eyes to see, ears to hear. Like we've, our society has to start learning how to be vigilant, you know, get involved. And so. the, the, that's the thing though, you know, with vigilance is vigilance without action is frustration. Hmm. And so we've got all these you know, frustrated, you know, why, why are we seeing all these school shootings and workplace shootings and domestic violence? Because we've got, I mean, we were, we were created as men to be vigilant. Yeah. And when vigilant has no action, it causes frustration and frustration takes us to places that we're not supposed to go. We've never, we're intended to go, right. you know, like you, you have that vigilant piece, but now you're, because you've refused to act, Right. Well, now you're going to take that out on your wife or your children, or you're, you know, you're going to get so ramped up that you're going to lock and load and walk into a school. Um, it's that that's vigilance without action. Mm-hmm. And, and, th- and those are the rare extremer cases. Right. And, but, and, but, but then you think about the guys, you know, people who don't snap and go wild crazy like that. Um, it's still affecting society overall. Yeah, because they're kicking doors. They're oh yeah, they're domestic yelling at their kids. Right, you know. I mean, we're both police chaplains, and we 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 know that we we empathize with the police officer who has to deal with this type of person every day. You know, yeah. Go back and and it is every day, multiple times a day, every day. Yeah, you know, it's 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 all around us. It's and it, I don't. That's that's why I'm excited about like the Grace Ops piece and where it fits in with what we do. Is because, you know, people all the time, like just after this morning, you know, had a chance to speak here at the Grove and people come like, how can I help? What can I do? Um, The cynical part of me, I've been doing this long enough to know Mm -hmm. that some people will throw that out there, never intending to do anything. Right. But knowing, I know that because now they've, They've been enlightened to it. I opened the box. They were able to look in. They were able to see her face or the faces of the stories that I talked about. Right. And when you don't act on that, now you now there's frustration. Right. And so, um, but with Grace Ops, now they have an avenue. Like through Grace. Like we're not, you know, just like you said, it, it wasn't that the soldiers were out there like shooting, you know, have their ARs pointed at the sky shooting off rounds, right. you know, pounding their chest going, don't come in here. Right. It was the presence of it. And so the presence of a powerful man brings peace. You know, it's not the absence of of uh, conflict where you find peace. It's in the midst of it. Right. And so that's why I'm excited. And I think, I mean, it's an ordained thing, this great, the yeah, Grace Ops we're, we're concept. Gonna, we're going to help. Raising up and training teams. Oh my! And yeah, there's going to be, um, and then just in the just the culture of Grace Ops is 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 to it's built to inspire a man to be a holy man, like a righteous man, you know. And that yeah. Grace can actually doesn't just save us, right? We love that concept, saved by grace, and yeah. But we we have to learn the the, the fuller expression of being trained uh, by God's grace, you know, to actually be like Christ. Yeah, and and that's a journey. And so, you know, on the one hand, you know, so, but you're out there like rescuing. And so like, 
you throwing some wild statistics out there today um, in our and just in our time we, you've been here for a couple of days so it's been we've had a lot of hours of talk and conversation so what is the um, what's the success rate of rescuing girls or what are some of the numbers like what's the global yeah. numbers and what's like the success rate well that's of, where it gets dark right and you'd like to put that box up way high on the shelf right <laughs> but yeah you know right now a, a kid that you know once a person enters a life of human trafficking, um, there's a 1% chance that they'll be found, rescued. And, you know, even beyond that, the re- the restoration rate goes, you know, plummets just because of, you know, like we talked about, you know, several times over this weekend, and it's hard to talk about being fathers of daughters. Um, you know, we think about a woman that's been raped one time, molested, Right. The level of PTSD, the the level of trauma. Well, now you take a girl that by the time she's 18 years old or 21 years old, she's been raped by a stranger 36,000 times. Yeah, we can't even fathom that. Like, how do you, yeah. like, what? I mean. Like 10s, when, 20s, 30, like what's 30 the times normal? a day, right? Like, it's just yeah. absolutely. And, and so then, it's staggering. And then, then undernourished, uh, zero love. Yeah, you know, just uh, chained to a wall or whatever, you know, just yeah. just absolutely, and mentally incapable of seeing any hope. Like that's, you know, always said back even when we were, you know, hitting the road, school to school. I always said, you know, a kid could come up to me and say, "I'm sad, I'm lonely, I'm depressed, my parents are broke, I broke up, my family's destroyed," and I always thought I can always. I can always help. Like there's always something, a resource, uh, uh, an avenue for that kid to find help. But if they ever said to me the words, "I don't have any hope," that's where I, like, that's where I hit the wall. Like that. That's the base, right? It's the base of faith. It's the base of tomorrow. You know, like when you lay your head down and you have that bad day. And you lay your head down at night, the healthy mind says, I hope tomorrow's better. Right. But when you've been, when you don't have that, like like you, like even to take your own life doesn't even seem to bring, even the thought of that doesn't even seem to bring. It doesn't even alarm you or nothing. Yeah. And so no hope. And the amount of hopelessness is and and that's why I always say do something even if you go up and look her in the eye and hand her a piece of gum right and say I see you now that kind of sucks too because you know thanks for the gum and you see me but if you really see me like grab me right. do do something for but but do something you know, right. does it? Ha- you're not going to do the right thing. Let me just take the pressure off you, right? right. You're not going to do the right thing because I I can't even tell you what the right thing to do is. I've been doing this for for ten years, and I've done it wrong a lot of times. Right, but Which is how you still got to do something. Learn as you go, right? <laughs> right, just do something, <clears throat> and you know, uh, just the the whole. There's a lot of there's a lot of men out there that are they want to pound their chest. Look at me, look at me, look at this 
you know, look what I represent, but the lack of action. And that's why I, it's just like, I, I, I don't have any like study, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but the lack of action in a vigilant man brings this depth of frustration that, that destroys a man, you know? And so it always makes me afraid to, to get men fired up because you build that vigilance and then there's no action. You, that's a destroyed man and he's going to do it. He's going to destroy things around him. Yeah. And I think, uh, so some, so when I look at this epidemic and, you know, we have obviously a lot of the things that pour into this is the fatherlessness, right. Uh, global, you know, epidemic. And then you've got human trafficking, which you, you said the numbers were 45 million globally. Yeah. And so one percent of that is forty thousand or so, yeah, that are getting out of forty million. I mean, that almost feels like, you know, why try? Right? Like why? Why? You know, why be vigilant? Why? You know, so we're not going to like um, solve it overnight. We might not even we might not even solve it in a generation, but th- we have to create awareness. Got to do something. We have to get yeah. We have to get people activated. Yeah. And you actually have some on-ramps for that. But, you know, one of the things that I want to throw out there, because I think this ties into the how grace can train a man, um, like you threw out a staggering fact, because were, we were talking and you were like, well, wherever pornography goes, so goes human trafficking. And right. The trends in pornography mm-hmm. um, are found in the trends of human trafficking. So yeah, exactly. It's not always girls, you know. When the trend of pornography goes like more homosexual or bo- fetish, a boy or fetish, like that. You, yeah. was, you said you start seeing those same trends happening in absolutely. So it's like a parallel world. Um, and so, if in some regard, it's it's it it should be alarming or kind of uh, alerting to us that pornography could lead a man to that place where maybe he never thought he would ever be. You know, exactly. Like, you know, actually having sex with a trafficked girl or, yeah. or chasing down some, some girl, you know, some, so, you, you know, we were talking and you actually threw a stat out that blew my mind. Like, so talk about that from one of the, the, uh, where you see the spikes, like you said, the Super Bowl was the first one, but like, where, right. where are the spikes at? Like walk through some of those. Cause that's kind of a, a it's, it's, it hurts my heart, man. Well, we know human trafficking is is in its basis, right, as a supply and demand. And so where where the buyers are, the pimps or the traffickers, the exploiters, that's where they're going to bring their 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 victims. Um and we know that the Super Bowl because it really truly is a perfect storm. It's a it's probably the most testosterone-driven gathering um in our borders, not, you know, uh, people say, well, UFC, you know, that's, uh, that's, you know, Spartan, like that's, right. <laughs> you know, the, but that has nothing to do with it, you know, and, but you, you have majority of men, you have large amounts of money and you have, um, you've set this, this time frame of almost that what happens at Super Bowl stays at Super Bowl or, it doesn't really count because it's a once in a lifetime bucket list or whatever, right. whatever pretty glitter you want to put on it. But um, so the Super Bowl, and then you know you've always got 
really right after that, the political conventions, you know, the Republican National Convention, Democratic National Convention, the numbers spike unbelievably. Jeez. So, and it's an, but it's an entitlement or, or a perceived entitlement. Like, I've got money, I've got power, I've got position, and I'm going to take, I'm going to use that. Take what I want. Right? Yeah, take what I, what I want. I want. And I should, and because I have this power, place, and position, I should have um, immunity, right? Even right. and I, the only way I can describe it is that you've you've got you've got to numb yourself so much that you can't take responsibility for that. But then you begin to move down at the other large like sporting events, you know, NCAA championship, national football championship, college football championship. But then you start getting at, down into that number four and five. And this is the disturbing uh, piece is because we see a huge spike in cities that host um, denominational church, religious denominations. 